back to another episode of Fast Break Live NBA Podcast. Your boy Samuel here. I got with me a guest today, my boy Chris Persianen of Nick's Film School. Say what's up to the people, Chris. What's up, man? How you doing? It's a, it's a pleasure to be on the pod. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Talk, uh, talk hoops. Yeah, for sure. So Chris is a Knicks fan, just as I am myself. So, of course, we're going to start with some some Knicks talk. How are we feeling about the game last night? Oh man, I mean, obviously not great, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna come out of a loss feeling feeling good, especially this season. Um, you know, maybe maybe last year there were there were losses that you could consider moral victories, and it was fine or whatever because the the team really stunk. But we're playing better this year, and and when we play how we did last night, and give away a game like that. Um, it's, it's tough to be encouraged by it. Um, I think what's important though, is that I'm not too discouraged by this loss. So a lot of fans, you know, Nick's Twitter always popping a lot of people saying, uh, this loss sucks, whatever. And then there's a whole response of like, if you're bitching about this loss, you need to shut up because you're not the coach. And it's like, all right, well, that's. we should just never debate sports again then. Okay. Um, like, I, I don't think you need to, to, to work for a team to have an opinion on it. Um, I think not liking someone's opinion is okay. I think you could, I think, it, I think I'd rather tell someone I just disagree than tell them to not voice their thoughts because they're not the coach. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just, a, it's a strange angle to me. I feel like all of this just represents like, we still got some stuff to figure out. Like if a loss to a team like Minnesota can happen and has the fan base up in arms like this, like this is just good proof that that we're not there yet, you know, because if we were better and we lost like that to a team like Minnesota, people are just like, oh, my God, like what? What a fluke game. Like we are going to be fine. Uh, but there are people who are legitimately concerned by it. And and uh, I don't think it's unfair to be. I just wouldn't I wouldn't change your projection for the season based on how this game went. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're kind of worried about the habits that the team will develop if they keep losing close games like this. Because of course, when you're like in a tight playoff race, the way we are, where we're like bunched up in the middle of things, and we kind of don't want to be in the playing situation, even though that would still be beneficial, we would rather avoid it. But at the same time, we would still want to develop these winning habits and still, um beat teams like uh, a Minnesota Timberwolves who are like the worst team in the league. So like this game was like a trap game and a gimme game. And we kind of missed, we kind of missed the mark on that. And I mean, I mean, I think there's one huge underlying factor of like what we want to like change, but won't change. And since we're not the coach, we shouldn't complain about it. Uh, It's our floor general situation. Um, of course, we had a, I think it was an 18-point lead at one point. And then once we entered our starting point guard, um, number six, back into the lineup, that lead kind oh, of decimated. And then, <laughs> and then in the fourth again, we had like an eight-point lead before he came back in. And of course, yep. that lead shrunk away as well. So, I mean... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how, are you, how are you feeling about just... I mean, I mean, I mean, I already know your your thoughts on the whole point guard situation, but let the listeners who may not be familiar with Nick's Twitter. Um, yeah. Um, in short, I think Alfred is not like evil. <laughs> I, I I think Alfred is out there just being an NBA player, trying to like get some stats up and and get paid on his next deal because he has a decent opportunity to put those stats up. It doesn't go very well because he's not very good at being a starting point guard, but he's able to float above water because Julius Randle is the actual, you know, quote unquote point guard of the team. He's the lead initiator, which lets Alfred just kind of vibe out there and take and make or miss shots and not pass to RJ. And he, all he has to do is just go out there, try on defense every once in a while when it matters and pass it to Julius and, and it, it looks like that's enough to just all right well looks like we have consistency in the starting lineup like yeah it's consistently 
limiting, <laughs> like it's yeah. consistently worse than what you could have. You know, if if Alfred was our best option at starting point guard and we were starting him and it wasn't going that well, I would be like, all right, just got to keep trying it. Maybe you try different things, try someone else, but that's your best option. All right. But my problem is that I think Alec Burks, you know, even though Tibbs likes his scoring off the bench, um, mm-hmm. I think Alec Burks could do a better job in Alfred Payton's spot than Payton. I think quickly, even though he's only a rookie, would be worth starting instead yeah, of Alfred. A floor general. Yeah, no, no, no. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> play like Chris Paul, even <laughs> if it's a bad version of Chris Paul. So, no. <laughs> Uh, he's all he does is draw fouls, hit threes, create opportunities he's a for himself he just and his teammates, <laughs> and tries on defense all the time. <laughs> and then I don't get the the other thing with Elf. My last thing I gotta say on Elf because like I I, I kind of made my point. Like I don't think he's good, but I don't think he's the worst. I just think there's better on this team, and we should pivot to that by now, or should have pivoted to that by now. Last thing I want to say on Elf though is that is about the defense. Like I feel like that's always the the first argument. Well, you know, <laughs> Tibbs loves Tibbs loves the defense, and Peyton can can come in and play some pretty good defense. And then like I could pull out like like a Family Guy cutscene to Alfred just getting blown by like <laughs> by, by, by like forty year old George Hill. <laughs> I, I just it's like what what are we doing here, man? I, I don't I, I I don't know. It's like. This, this to me is like if you're going to have ice cream five times a week and it's like, all right, I'm going to have at the at the five through two spots, chocolate and vanilla alternating, just, you know, good, solid flavors. Maybe one of them is like a nice cookie dough with fudge to represent like Julius being being special this year. But, but you've got four really solid flavors of ice cream in your rotation. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to have hand sanitizer ice cream as the fifth (laughs) one. And since the five on average are like not that bad and we're and it's it's like it's pretty good overall. Like, I I, I think it would be wrong to mess with the chemistry, guys. Like, really? Like, no, dude, like you're killing your stomach right now. (laughs) Like, stop, (laughs) stop force feeding yourself hand sanitizer and just take the fucking tonight dough out of the fridge <laughs> out of the freezer and serve yourself a bowl i don't get it i don't get what the what the what the need is to keep going back to this yeah i mean i think a lot of it is like some people just have this ultimate respect of like coaches decisions and they think like since it's the coach they're the end all be all and they can never be wrong so it's like hey the coach thinks it's working so what do we know we're not coaches but like you pull up all these advanced stats, you pull up footage and people are still ignoring it. It's just like, they're just choosing to be wrong and ignorant on purpose. And you just can't, can't do anything about that. So, but that was a great analogy with the ice cream. It's tough. Yeah. Listen, analogies are all fake. You might as well just go crazy with them. Might might as well just do whatever you need to do to get your point across. And I genuinely think hand sanitizer ice cream is, is, uh, not the worst, not the worst comparison. I, I just, I, I always talk about shooters and playmakers, guys who can create pressure on the rim, on the perimeter, as guys that you want at your guard spots if you're rolling with Julius and RJ as your one-two punch for right now. Like, if later in the, the future you can get, you know, a, a Donovan Mitchell or a Devin, like, okay, then, then we're, that's a different conversation. That's not, that's not the conversation we're having right now. <laughs> the conversation we're having right now is like, would insert retired point guard be better than Alfred? <laughs> like <laughs> we're not at that star spot yet. So to me, it's just like, I feel like we have options, you know, whether it's starting D Rose and taking him out after a couple minutes, like he does with Alfred to go to IQ and then letting IQ play like eight minutes of the first quarter. Why, why not? Why not try that? Why, why not give that a shot? You know, T- Tibbs loves D Rose so much they don't yeah, want to exactly. play D Rose too too many minutes. Yeah. So get him in at the start. Get him in to start the game and, and get the offense going because he did a great job every time he he started this year in terms of pushing the pace, which is why we traded for him really to to push the pace and to help create scoring opportunities. Um, let Derrick Rose start. Let him. Let him. In, inject some like electricity in, into that starting offense 
and then get him out of there and let, and let IQ play and, and put D Rose back in, you know, in the second or the third when we need a little scoring punch and then let, let him get some run in the fourth quarter. Uh, whether you want him to close the game based on the matchup or you're going to go IQ Bullock, RJ one, two, three, whatever it is, let D Rose get like 25, 20, you know, whatever, 28, 25 minutes a game. Uh, and, and let like the first four of them come in the first four minutes of the game. I don't see why not. Yeah. And I mean, also like some of the more enjoyable games, I know you went to one of the games, the Kings game where he wasn't, yeah. play, where Elf wasn't playing and D Rose was playing. It's just like, there's like a, that's the game D Rose started. Yeah. Yeah. There's the like, there's break. like an added joy factor of when Alfred is not playing. I don't know if it's just because we all have like, have grown a disdain for him but like also like the offense just like you said it just flows better like there's just more electricity out there and then we saw against that kings team i mean they're one of the worst defense they are the worst defensive team in the league but i mean we still put up like what was it 140 points on them so yeah we scored uh i think it was one might have been 141 that was uh yeah like, that, that was, that was night <laughs> um to me Derek Rose just goes out there and it's like, all right, the standards are pretty low to be honest, if you're going to yeah. compare it to elf, but from a non, you know, let's just go objectively. Like Derek Rose is going to go out there. He's not going to be an elite scorer. He's going to be able to get his own shot in the mid range. If he wants it, um, he, he can bring the ball up the court obviously. And, and that allows Julius to get settled wherever he wants get things started um and the other thing for me with d rose is is the finishing like elf converts what is it 49 percent of his layups like some 47 it's like it's a, it's a little more than andre drummond um yeah it's around d. that rose, 46 47 range d rose is pretty crafty man d rose i think if you if you play him in the starting lineup you might see his finishing numbers uh, get a little better because of what playing with with guys like RJ and Randall can do for him. Um, I, I just think you you see those five go out there, and it's like, all right, you know, this game is going to start off with the with the, with some nice tempo. Um, Alfred, it's like you're going out. It's like, all right, we'll see we'll see how this goes. Teams will poke each other out and s- see what happens and up and now they're up 10 because we gave up the two threes and didn't score on that play and turned it yep. over on that it's i just snowball like, effect I, I just i like being able to start off with that little bit of a little Cushion. bit of fire under your under your ass you know that, that yeah that pace that d rose brings quickly brings it too. the reason i've been advocating you know so much for d rose just in these last few minutes is because tibbs doesn't seem to want to start quickly but yeah. i don't think he'll have a problem starting rose yeah, I don't think he would either. Um, moving over to the trade deadline, because that was, I believe, last week it was. Yeah, a week last ago week. today, Thursday. Yep. So we had a bunch of trades go down. Um, the one that surprised me the most was probably the Vucevic one, because I knew oh, that, yeah. I knew that they, they were talking about moving him, but they weren't so adamant as they were with Fournier and Gordon. So I, I expected those two to get moved, but getting Vucevic out of there really surprised me. Um, which move did you th- was um which move did you not like uh, that a team made? Oh, there 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 were some weird ones. Um, for me, like just to run through them in my head quickly, like for for Chicago, I, I almost want to say the Vucevic deal because it's too early to write off the the product, right? But it's like Levine. Are are you confident now that the Bulls acquired Nikola Vucevic that Levine isn't going to leave? No, because they're still no, fighting for not. the playing spot. You're not confident, and now they're two first round picks and a Wendell Carter Jr. short, <laughs> and less cap space to help Levine with complimentary guys. Like, yep, I, I liked that deal for them at first because I was like, all right, well if they can make this work, there this works. Um, high pick and roll with those two is is, is going to be fun. And hopefully the defense is going to be good enough. You have guys like Patrick Williams on that team who who can help out on that end. And now we're seeing these first couple games and like those two just cannot guard anybody at all. And we see teams 
who have like a top two of guys that cannot guard a traffic cone. But the problem is those teams are guys like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Yeah. It's not like Levine and Vucevic and friends. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I think that trade might go down as not looking too hot for Chicago. Um, I loved the Aaron Gordon deal for Denver. Yep. I like the Fournier acquisition for Boston. I mean, I, I thought that out of the teams that bought, they did a decent job. Um, but there, there were just, uh, I, I'm thinking about the, you know, I, 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 I'm thinking about an acquisition. I didn't like too much. That's from the, the buyout though. So I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, we'll get into buyout to, in a minute. to think of the, from the deadline. Oh, 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 a trade. I definitely didn't like, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but what the, what the Rockets like got for all the depot <laughs> after what they got for Harden. Like, are you guys serious? Are you guys actually serious, bro? You just like the Kelly Olinick, Avery Bradley and a, and a pick swap was the return for the guy who you passed on Levert for. Why, why wouldn't you just take Levert <laughs> and trade and, him before the deadline for more? Why'd you do this? I, I don't get it. And like, this goes back to a whole thing that I've been harping on this whole time with the Rockets and like the trade that they made, because I'm, I'm looking here at Brooklyn and I'm seeing like the games that like Blake has been missing and KD and Kyrie's been missing and like who's been keeping them afloat this whole time. It's been James Harden to myself. I'm thinking if they didn't make that move for Harden and say Philly went, Philly went for Harden, Brooklyn would probably be fighting for what? Like the three, four, five, six seed like us. Like they would be right there in the midst of things with us, unless they forced those two to play through injuries, which they probably wouldn't. And going back to Houston, I mean, if they wanted to be cheap like their owners were known for at this point, why not keep Levert, who's on a very team-friendly contract through, like, 2023 it is? And even if you don't want to move him at the deadline, that's still a pretty good player to keep on the deal for your team that you can use moving forward, especially if you knew Oladipo wasn't going to be in your future going forward, which their GM said. They said we felt like Oladipo wasn't part of our future. So I'm like, why did you trade for him then? You just wasted assets. Yeah, like, it it was just strange. Like that was, that that Harden trade strange is probably management. gonna it is, and that Harden trade is probably gonna go down as probably one of the worst trades, if not the worst trade for a superstar in like one of the la- the probably the last decade, maybe even longer, because it's honestly like a, a horrible return, and you can only hope those and, draft picks and, turn and into the fact something. that. Oh, I know, I know, and the, the Philly offer, like, what the hell? I don't, I, I don't know, man. Macri said from the start that Harden wants to be in Brooklyn, and he'll probably end up in Brooklyn. And I was like, John, you're off your fucking rocker. There's no <laughs> way they're taking the poo-poo platter of the Nets, and I thought that would include Dinwiddie. They didn't even Me have too. to. Jesus Christ, Houston. <laughs> Houston sold twice, literally. And yeah, I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> bad, bad management, bad asset management. It is. But um going back to the trades, um, I'm with you on the Bulls. I didn't like that move because I thought it was first of all, I didn't think the 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 timelines of Vucevic and Zach Levine kind of match up. Isn't like Vucevic like 30, 31 or something like that? And Zach yeah. is like and Zach is like like twenty six, so like I was going to say twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, so I didn't think their their ages, their timelines matched up. Um, I don't think the ceiling of that team is really that high. Um, I mean they can score a bunch, but like you said, they've been giving it up on the other end, and they've lost the last three games those two have played in, including I think it was a blowout to the Spurs the other day. So, I mean, yeah, it's too early to tell. But at the same time, you kind of can see where it's going. Um, like a lot of those other teams that have like high scoring duos, they sometimes have complementary defensive role players that are able to 
kind of pick up that slack a little bit or they're able to just straight out outscore the other teams. But with Vucevic and Zach Levine, I don't see them as like a duo that's going to like outscore teams crazy like a Damon CJ can. So remember in the bubble, the Blazers were so shit on defense and they were just putting up enough points every single night to squeak out the wins. Yeah. Like Levine and Vucevic are not shooting the lights out like that, bro. They're not. (laughs) It's not happening. And I love Levine, but I also want him to fail miserably in Chicago so that in 2022, (laughs) he comes begging Don Leon for a two-year. Let's let's give Levine a one-plus-one max deal. He'll decline the player option, and then we just go get Booker. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Let let Levine be the tie-over. Let Levine be the tie-over guy. Screw it. We got to get someone. Another move that I liked, though, was that was kind of low key was um, Denver acquiring JaVale McGee because I didn't I didn't think that having Hartenstein in their rotation was doing anything for them. Sure. He's He's, a young center with like promise him to Cleveland. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. I I, I get that he's a young center with like promise and whatnot. And like you're like hoping that he can develop for a a couple years, though, to be honest. Like, like I think he's like twenty five now. I don't, I don't know how. He, I think we're, I think we're exiting young territory, Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, um, I think they were hoping that he could develop on the fly with them, and it hasn't worked out. So I think getting someone like Javale McGee, who's been in those playoff games, who's been a champion on multiple contenders now, so he kind of knows what it takes to get it done. Even though he's not one of those like big producers, but he can help them out in that way. Um, and I didn't think they gave up much. I mean, in the Gordon trade, they gave up, what was it? Um, Like Gary Harris and RJ Hampton, who RJ Hampton wasn't going to get really significant rotation minutes if anyone wasn't out. And a yeah. first round pick, that's probably going to be in like in the middle towards the end of the second, end of the first round. So I think that was, it was worth it getting Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee, who instantly makes them better. For sure. I, I liked the Gordon deal for them a lot. Um, my instant reaction was that Gordon needed a new place to be. Yep. And Murray and Jokic are not the worst guys to go team up with Porter as well. Um, Jeremy Grant replacement might might, yep. might just do the might just do the job and have them really really in in a good spot to uh, to be looking at you know at least a second round <laughs> appearance um, probably conference finals knowing how good Jokic has been this year and and just is but the nuggets are a team that you know no one no one goes into the playoffs being like i think the nuggets are gonna yep they're gonna be the dark horse <laughs> like and they always end uh, up being it nope no one but no one no one ever sees it and this year uh Jokic was playing super well they had lost grant it was noticeable now they get a they get a power forward again so we'll see how this goes for them i think it should pay off. Yeah. And one other move that kind of like confused me just a little bit was the, the Toronto Raptors, their moves that they made. It was like they were buying and selling with their moves in a way because they sold off Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas um, for like second round picks or whatever it was. And then they brought on Gary Trent and Rodney Hood, which I felt like was kind of an, a buying option in a way, even though they sold off Norm Powell. So that move kind of yeah. confused me. What did you think about that move? Um, I mean, to, to to think through it from Toronto's perspective, uh, if they if they didn't see Thomas and Davis as well, they needed a roster spot to take on because they only sent Powell for Trent and Hood, right? Yeah. Um. So I guess you could say you know one of those was just for the roster spot. Um. I get moving on from someone like Davis who's had like off court stuff. Yeah, um, getting a, getting a pick for it. So you know, to create that spot and then to make that deal, uh, giving up the the last season of Powell and then the ability to pay him in exchange for the ability to pay Trent now this summer, uh, and also get Rodney Hood. I mean, like, all right, you know, like if the, <laughs> if the Raptors think that Trent is going to be better than Powell long term, which I don't think is a, a bad bet. Um, I, I get it. You know, don't pay Powell, pay Trent instead. They got Hood in the deal as well. It it's just it it comes down to that. It comes down to that, and this 
just all reminds me that they should have traded Lowry so we would have a better idea of their direction, what their future might look like. But man, Philly, Philly not putting the they dropped the ball stuff, stuff on the table. Jeez, man, I, I really wanted them to not get. I, I really wanted them to get Lowry. I wasn't huge on Simmons for Harden. Like, obviously, you do that. Like, Harden and Embiid would wreak fucking havoc. But, like, Lowry, Simmons, Embiid just would have been so fun in yep. Philly. Uh, especially, I just, I love Lowry. So, <laughs> and then, you know, I love Joel Embiid. And I have a Ben Simmons jersey. I have an Embiid jersey. I, I, I love those two as well. So. That would have been a a great trio for for me to get to see play out there in Philly, but nah, they didn't pony up the assets for for any of the big names that happened to be available that they were interested in. Um, I, I'm not gonna freak out yet. Yeah. Maury just got there. You know, maybe he didn't want to feel rushed into anything, and he did make offers, just didn't want to force it. But we'll I see come it. playoff time. Buy some job security. It's just like, I would have done it. I would have just done it. Just go all in. Yeah, I mean, why not? Especially this Embiid year with everything so good. being so weird. Just put faith in Embiid in this turnaround season for him. Not, you know, just turn around in terms of, like, motivation, um, he, he, fitness. Like, he's just he looks different out there this year in, in a really positive way. Yeah, and I mean, with the way everything is so weird and unpredictable this year, if you go all in, maybe it pays off because everyone else seems to be going all in in a way. Yeah, I think it's worth. I think it would have been worth the shot for them. Um, let's move on towards. So, speaking of trades, there was one trade that kind of caught everyone weirdly by surprise, which was the JJ Redick trade because um, JJ Redick was kind of expecting, and we kind of all were expecting either a buyout or a trade to a team up northeast, whether it be Philly, Boston, New York, or Brooklyn. Um, that did not happen. Um, and we heard about why it did not happen, and we heard about why JJ Redick was um I guess he didn't report to the Mavs for a while, I guess. So I guess maybe he was like I don't know what it was, whether he was just upset or like he wasn't going to report to them or I don't know what it was, but he didn't report to them for a while. He is going to report to to them tomorrow in New York for the Knicks game. Um, And he explained that basically he and David Griffin were talking for a while and they kind of David Griffin had made promises to him, basically saying that he was going to either trade him to a team up northeast or yeah. at least trade him to a team that would probably buy him out or like, he would buy him out himself. And what didn't happen is any I of mean, those things. Exactly. <laughs> and he got traded to Dallas <laughs> all the way things. west. <laughs> so I mean I, I just JJ seems unhappy and that that's enough. You know, like <laughs> they fucked up. Aaron Mintz, dude. You don't fuck with Aaron Mintz. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know enough about that. Yeah. We know how many clients they have. Griff, as he's so lovingly called, just really fucked up, to be honest. Yeah, my stance on it was, okay, yeah, everyone keeps saying, oh, JJ's not a star, or he's not the caliber of player that you make promises to, or he shouldn't be acting out as such. And my stance on it has always been, like, if you're going to make a promise to a player, like, don't do that in the first place because you know you're never going to be able to hold it up because this is a business and you're going to always make what's best for you and not for the player. So, like, like it's similar to, like, how I felt about the DeMar DeRozan thing. I was like, DeMar, like, sure, maybe DeMar DeRozan isn't the caliber of player you make that promise to. Maybe some people thought at that time, but, like, at the same time, don't make a promise to a player because you know you're going to do what's best for the team and you traded him for Kawhi Leonard and it got you guys a championship. So, like, in the end, like, just don't make promises. But if you are going to make a promise, it looks bad on you when you don't hold it up because yeah, now like, why, why, now why JJ's like... Now JJ's like, oh, I'm my my agents are probably never gonna do business with a front office like this again because you guys don't know how to keep your word, blah blah blah. And it's like, see, now you're about to lose a whole bunch of clients and a whole bunch of players because 
you doing stuff that looks bad like that. And JJ is a well-respected vet in the league. A lot of people like him. He's a player that you may need on your playoff team. Who knows? He could hit a couple spot threes for you. Like you never know. So it's like, you just don't do stuff like that. For sure. Um, like, like I said, you just don't, you don't mess with that agent that if you're gonna do something like this, like you do it to a player who has some like, like it's like a bench warmer, you know, like you could make the argument like, oh, JJ is not a star, but he had, he had a con, he had a promise made to him, like by, by his boss, like his boss was like, yeah, like you're getting relocated by the way. Like, <laughs> and, and you know, like imagine you, you work at a, you work at an office and your boss like, yeah, I got to move you to another city. You're like, can I please be near my home in any of these locations that you can accommodate? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Or I'll just like buy you a ticket myself. <laughs> then just yeah. ghost you. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> like, man, I just ship like, you off to Utah and ghost you. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know, Dallas is in Utah, but it's not. It's just not where he wanted to be. It's not where JJ yeah, it's even further away from his family. So it's like, and then, and then, like, what? What did you do it for, James Johnson and like West I won doing that's a second round thing. pick? That's the <laughs> other thing. Like, you needed that second rounder that bad. Like that deal came across your table, and you looked at that and said. I just can't turn this down. Fuck it. I got <laughs> JJ dirty. Like really, like that was not the package to do that for either. Like it, it's just so not understandable. And then like, this goes back to my whole thing about like Griff in general, like as the people like to call him. He, what? I mean, like he is like, everyone is just like stroking his balls on Twitter and like, calling him king and like saying oh yeah it didn't matter what he said to jj and it's like dude griff hasn't like if he he's just a lottery merchant who just got lucky because lebron came home like if lebron doesn't come home he's throwing out a lineup of Kyrie, dion wiggins thompson and bennett like he oh hasn't done God. anything special in this league so i don't know why he's being hailed as like some great gm and some great front office dude when like he, all he's done is won the lottery a bunch of times. And like, what does he turn that into? I was like upset we didn't get him. And now I'm like, man, if Steve Mills is what it took, as, <laughs> as Terry's been as Terry's been saying, like Steve Mills had to be here for us to end up with RJ and Leon and all and all this. Like that it was the prophecy. It was worth um, it. To me, it's like we could have we could have had Griffin, but but Mills decided to Tim Hardaway Jr. Um and now I'm almost like, what the hell would Griffin have done here? <laughs> like, what what would he have done with their young players? You know, like he's he had Zion and was like, yeah, this guy needs Stephen Adams <laughs> and Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I don't. I, it was just just really weird, man. Really, it's like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like I, I don't know. He's just like gets racking up picks. I have no idea what else is going on there. He, I, I mean, I, I, I've compl- I've never understood him and like the love for Sam Presti as well. They're just like Sam Presti. Nah, just Presti, I fuck with. <laughs> but Presti's just a collector of picks. Like he had James Harden, um, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and didn't do anything. So like, is he gonna get another set of MVPs and do nothing again? Like, you gotta uh, cash I get those. What you mean. Yeah, you I gotta turn that like, into something. I think, uh, it's tough. I, I think just like part of the job is like that moving on from start and like he's just he parlayed all those stars into like such such good future assets, assets that um you, you can't you can't be upset with with the overall work but the the point is they never won a ring so I, I get I get what you're saying yeah I just think like it's different like Griffin I don't know I I, I don't get the sense that Presti is like worsening his teams by thinking he's like big braining and making them better like Griff, griffin's kind of dumb dude like, he, does <laughs> dumb sh- he does some dumb shit like of course relative to other nba gms not like in general like, yeah not, but like 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 what the hell <laughs> you're like what's going on out there press presty it's like all right they got something going on there you know it's not it's not going super super well every single year but they, they definitely got something going on but where Griffin's what the hell? <laughs> and speaking of Presty, I do want to speak on the Al Horford and the Oklahoma City Thunder situation. 
Oh, yeah. Because this kind of like, it, it, it pissed me off because it's like, like when New York told Joakim Noah to stay home, the NBA Players Association threw a fit and it was a, a media nightmare just because they told Joakim Noah to stay home. Right. OKC tells Al Horford, you're not playing anymore, but like still train with the team and do whatever, like be with the team and whatnot. And it's just crickets, nothing. Everybody's like, oh, they're just tanking. It's cool. Like, I, I just, I, I just don't, I just understand that. And like the double standard there, like it's ridiculous. I, I, I just, what, what? The media, man, the 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 imbalances, because it's not. I feel like Nick fans are always like, "Hey, we want like the same coverage that other teams get," and then like the 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 response is always some like straw man of like an extreme. It's like no, like just like pay attention to shit like this. <laughs> like, yeah, to shit. we're not saying to make as big of a deal out of it as you do with the Knicks. We're saying to fuck off with the making a big deal out of everything the Knicks do stuff <laughs> and actually pay attention to stuff like this. Just pay attention to everything and and not just the big market teams. Exactly. Um, and it's like what Sam Hinkie did. He got thrown in NBA GM jail for it and he can't come back to the league anymore, basically. like I... <sighs> it, it's it's frustrating. You know, there's there there, there are a couple things going on and we got to get to the the buyouts as well which is another league issue um just 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 pay attention to shit like this the media and and the league should the league has fined people for tanking yeah they have so where the hell is the man i don't understand they're gonna hand them Cade. yeah of course because he goes to oklahoma state and it's just like makes the perfect sense so and we're gonna have Kaden and so SGA in the backcourt and can't do anything about Jesus it. Christ. Cade <laughs> like SGA off ball is like what? Like could you imagine, bro? It's if, gonna be oh basketball beauty. Yeah. Could you imagine like we had RJ Barrett out on the wing? We had Julius and Mitch down low. We had like Bullock out on the other wing just shooting. And fucking SGA was our like lead ball handler. I just like SGA playing off someone like Randall with the wing like RJ is just like basketball sex. I I don't know. And then, oh, Cade. Oh, Cade (laughs) and SGA would be something, dude. It's going to happen. It's either there or it's going to be Houston because Houston traded away James Harden, so they have to reward them with something. San Antonio in the the hunt to get a random – are they positioned this year to have a random lottery win? Um, I don't know. Depends. I feel like that. That could be that could be something the NBA does too. Give Pop someone to to go ramp things up with for his final couple years. Yep, and of course you can't forget about um the Magic now. The Magic have two um first rounders this year. Oh so. yeah, I don't know if whoever has the chance to get Cade will give that up though. I doubt it. If they do, I don't know that, what. That's an all time blunder. I don't, know, I don't know what package makes that work. like that offer has to start with like four first round picks like <laughs> to have him on his rookie de- jesus christ that that's a lot man it's a lot of it's a lot of talent for a very small amount of money <laughs> it is um and speaking of the buyout market um okay so we had um yeah a couple yeah, quite couple a bit signings. of names <laughs> quite a bit of names a couple a couple signings that kind of ruffled the feathers of nba twitter um, we had Lamarcus Aldridge sign with the Brooklyn Nets, um, and then a couple hours later, Andre Drummond signed with the Lakers. Thank goodness he didn't sign with the Knicks. Um, <laughs> I did so, not want to be either. Yeah. Um. So, um, the buyout market is um, kind of just like a ring chasers shopping spree, yep. basically. Like yep. any team that's trying to get a ring. Just take a peek in the buyout market and, you know, just grab a couple still somewhat talented guys on veteran minimums who should probably be getting paid more than that. And I mean, I mean, I have like the buyout market was never like this, like even when the Warriors were like playing. Yeah, they were getting like David West. 
Like even the when they got, got David West, David West was Griffin, like Nets just got Griffin and Aldridge for two veteran minimum. Like I don't know, man. And these guys should at least be on like ten million dollar contracts at the least, maybe. Cause they can still play. Like Griffin's still dunking, like he still hasn't lost that ability. So it's like and he can still pass out the post and like shoot a decent amount. And Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, he's making his Nets debut right now and he's looked Five okay. Yeah, like he's out there dishing and stuff. So he's like, offense, offense wasn't wasn't the question. I think I think guys like Blake and Lamarcus are the exact guys who could go to a team like Brooklyn, get plugged right in, and because they're veterans who are have been very good at basketball and understand where they are in their careers now, like those are the guys that can totally contribute when you have fucking Kyrie, Harden, and KD to take pressure off them. The thing is on defense, like. Those three guys need that defensive help. They don't need help scoring, bro. Yeah. That's why I didn't under that's why I never understand any of the moves that the Nets have made because none of their ma- none of their moves have been made to bolster their defense, which is weird because that's the place they need help the most. And especially with rim protection. I mean, they have Nicholas Claxton for that, but are you really relying on Nicholas Claxton? And um, he's in the good. Playoffs? He's good, but like, are you gonna rely but, on him in the playoffs? But but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to rely on him in the playoffs. So it's like And then um I mean, everybody's made a big deal of like each of the signings that the Nets made and this is not like an anti-Nets thing, but it's like more of like an anti like I don't even want to say parody thing. It's more of like just an anti I don't even know what it is anti, but it's just like these guys, like, teams need to do a better job of, like, holding on to guys that are, like, past their prime on, like, these kind of deals. Like, the next CBA discussions are going to be crazy because there's going to be something that involves this because I know owners are going to be pissed about the way teams are able to just let go of guys that are still functional and just let them go wherever they please, whether it be a title team or whatever and be still a contributor for much right. less money and still being paid by the other team. Like Blake Griffin is being paid to help the Nets now. Like he he gave up 13 milli, which is a lot, but But yeah, it's nothing compared right. to his main and contract. I I mean, at the end of the day, I look at this like the NBA uh going around at like what 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 analogy am I going with here? Like like you know like Hunger Games type you know, as as you only got like six contestants, le- or rather, as you only have sixteen contestants out of the original thirty left in the Hunger Games, like, can you go around pick up like the best weapons, yep. best scrap weapons from everyone that already died and hand yep. them out to the people still alive? That's exactly like, oh, what it is. Everyone's gonna be watching this final battle, so might as well arm you guys up. Like, it's to get the TV ratings up. It's to have better players on the court in the playoffs. It's very simple, and it's why it's not gonna change anytime soon. Of course I do think not. it's worth talking about, though, because it's it's an imbalance in the league uh, in favor of big market teams, as usual, that I'm not going to be complaining too much about once the Knicks start benefiting from oh, it. Oh, yeah, but definitely. <laughs> as, as someone who is now in a state to speak objectively about it, I will do so. Yeah. I mean, once the Knicks are able to like grab guys off the buyout market, then I won't have a problem. But since they aren't, I will complain about it. Um... Lastly, before we wrap things up, the MVP race. Speaking of the Nets, a lot of push has been being backed um, for James Harden for MVP. And I am just of the mindset of this guy quit on his team in the beginning of the season. Whatever situations, he still was not professional about it and like threw his teammates under the bus and to the point where they... I think wanted to fight him if he came into practice the next day. So, I mean, that yeah. situation was just like messy altogether. And then like, he's on a super team. Like what happened to the rules of the, the golden state warriors where Katie and Steph, they canceled each other out. So they can't be an MVP voting. So it's like, these dudes are on super teams. Like I would say Kevin Durant and Kyrie are better than him too. Or maybe Kevin Durant is better than him, but like the supporting cast that they have, He's not really doing a carry job. Yeah, sure, he gets his numbers, but it, like, it's still a good amount of contribution from all the other role players. You got Joe Harris who's shooting like what, like fifty percent from three or something like this. Yeah. You got like Nicholas Claxton in the paint, who's like an, a very versatile defender. 
you got LaMarcus Aldridge now, and they had Blake Griffin, who has been functioning pretty well. And you got, like, Landry Shamit. Like, you got all these guys. He's not yeah. playing with a bunch of bums like he was in Houston for a very few amount of years and when you could have made this argument. He's on a very talented team. Like, I would, I would, I would probably have Jokic as my MVP right now because Embiid is out. But M- Embiid's been my guy the whole year. Yeah, Jokic is a, is a great pick right now. Um, however, Embiid was definitely my pick before he got hurt. So yeah. I, I don't know. Got to see how soon Embiid can make it back if he can. Ramp I think he's up supposed to debut this Saturday. He's supposed to come back. Yeah, that that would be great. Um, see if he has enough time left in the rest of the year to to ramp that campaign back up. Because I, as I said earlier, would would love to see it. Yeah, and um, one thing I think that's being overlooked in this MVP race is Giannis. Giannis has been putting up like there was a streak where he was like going like 30 plus like almost every night for like eight straight games or something like this. And like if this was any other year, he would have been like the leading contender for MVP. But I think it's the past playoff failures are being used against him in the MVP race, which is hilarious because the guy who everyone's pushing, James Harden, has had a number of playoff failures that everyone seems to forget about every single regular season and i just find that hilarious because the double standard there is just crazy because Giannis can have like he's like 26 and he's had like a couple playoff exits that were like i don't even think they were that embarrassing to be honest last year was probably the most embarrassing because they lost in five but other than that they lost to the team that won won the finals the year before right so like I don't understand where this idea of like Giannis being a playoff failure and like James Harden just gets hailed as like this, this hero every single year. Giannis Harden needs to, to be honest, I, I think they are just both in a spot where they need someone else. Like neither of them is going to win by themselves. Giannis, if he gets like a real, real primary man, Watch out. Yeah. He's going to win the chip. Because in the playoffs, if Giannis is playing off a primary, oh, we're so fucked. Oh, the yeah. league is so fucked. Like, please, God, never let, like, prime Ben Simmons and Giannis. Oh. At least, like, one of the two develops a shooting ability, and then they just surround them with 3 and D guys. Like, never let that be, become a thing. Never let Booker and Giannis team up. None of that. Like, we are so fucked. Booker and Giannis would be modern Kobe and Shaq, and I don't think that's crazy. Because I think... I don't think that's crazy either. I, I'm not a huge Giannis guy, but that's because he's on his own right now. Like, I understand that if he gets to play off a really good primary, I'm going to... He's going to get that like stimmy in my power rankings across the league because that's just it opens up a whole different aspect of offense for for his team. And Giannis is like, what, 26 or 27? Like he's still Uh pretty young. So it's like I don't understand where this idea of him being a playoff failure has like kind of bumped him out of MVP contention now. I think it's I don't think I don't know if it's voter fatigue of not wanting to give him three straight or if it's the playoff failures. But like. James Harden is in contention every year after every postseason. We're like, all right, next season, the regular season doesn't count for James Harden, blah, blah, blah. And then the next season comes and everyone's like, James Harden for MVP. Oh, yeah. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't understand where this this comes from. And it just like pisses me off because it's like Giannis is like he has a chance to make history and he would rightfully so be able to if. He was getting the proper recognition, and I just think that that's just that's yeah. just wrong. I, I think what Harden does is is like super super impressive. But if he were in the playoffs losing, because like he was losing, I'd be like, all right, he just can't get it done. He needs another guy. Like for me, it, it's like he does. He just stands off to the side. Like he like hides from the moments in, in the playoffs. You know that Lakers series was really rough to like watch him in the last <laughs> few minutes of, of the games there. So I, I'm not just going to be like, yeah, Harden deserves all the – like Harden needs another guy to play with, but like he had Chris Paul. He I know Chris Paul got hurt that, that then year. Then he chased him away. Run, and then he got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> for, for someone worse who he then <laughs> also, you know, once, once Westbrook found out that Harden was going to be gone because Harden was like, all right, I'm done with Houston. And Westbrook was like, all right, let me get out of here too then. And then Westbrook got out of there first. Right, you got traded to uh, 
to Washington. Washington. Yep. Uh, and that was before the, the Brooklyn deal even went down. So an interesting, interesting career trajectory so far for Mr. Harden just doesn't, doesn't seem to have that winning factor to him. The reason I, I don't know. And you know, whatever can point to a lack of just like dedication or motivation to like win actually. But you know, whatever the reason is like, he just, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do the winning at the high level, despite the really, really crazy high level play. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely like, like Giannis has much more of a future. Like I think Giannis is definitely in a better spot right now. If, if these are the two we're comparing, you know, going forward, especially. Yeah, um, I also don't want the listeners to think that we forget about Dame. Of course, the numbers that he's been putting up, he's been going crazy. And, of course, before the injury, LeBron was doing a somewhat okay job of keeping the Lakers afloat without AD. So those two are also in contention. Oh, yeah, for, for MVP, Dame and uh, you you got to have, you know, the, the big men, Jokic Embiid, um, and then Giannis. You can look at mm-hmm. LeBron and Harden. Like, look at them. Go ahead. Take a analyze the, analyze the cases and then move on. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't disagree with Dame. You know, people, 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 when you get out of the top five of MVP candidates, you have to start picking guys that, like, don't surefire deserve it. Like, people are like, oh, Dame is not an MVP. Like, dude, if he's the sixth best candidate right now, like, that's, I don't know. Maybe that's too high. Maybe that's only a little too high, too, very high, but. I just think, you know, any top 10 guy in, in the MVP rankings having a freaking great year. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you, Chris. Oh, of course. Uh, on Twitter, Chris Percy Iden, to a tolerable degree is the pod. And uh, I do live streams at halftime and Nick games. And of course, then on Nick's film school. Make sure you check Chris out. And if you are listening or watching on the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe and also um, check out the podcast website and my blog. I put out some Knicks writings a couple months ago. I'll have something in the works again as we head towards okay. playoffs. Um, so make sure you check those out and we're out of here. Thank you.